0: Welcome, Midwife Kath. Oh, hello, Brooke. Welcome to Q&A with Kath. Oh, no, thank you. It's great. Good idea. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, I'll just preface this, that um, when I started out in journalism, Kath, I remember um, my mentor sitting me down and just saying, there is no such thing as a stupid question, which I think is really important to point out up front here because so many of our listeners have been writing in and saying, sorry for the stupid question. Yeah.
1: So, just and, it, yeah, oh. I agree, and I've, so many people say that to me. You know, this—I know this sounds silly, but it doesn't because pregnancy is a unique condition for our body, and things change. And often, people don't talk about those little things that change. Yeah, and so you think, oh, it's a bit strange it's that just it's me. Yeah, it's just me. No. Uh, or my, or something's wrong with my
0: body. Yeah, no. So, ask away. So there you go. We're going to preface Q and A with Kath with no such thing. As a silly or stupid question, all questions are valid, um, and we welcome them all today. Kath, I'll just spin a little wheel. If I had a little wheel here, brrr, category I have chosen is contractions. Ooh, contractions! Ouch! Imagine over your forty-one years, you've had a lot of questions about contractions. I've uh, I've been in a room with lots of contractions <laughs> happening, <laughs> intimately
1: <laughs> connected yes, with contractions. Yeah. All right, let's just begin with what is a contraction. So the uterus is a muscle brook and all the muscles in our body have the capacity to contract and relax. Yeah. So that's really what a contraction is. It's a contraction of the muscle fibres. An involuntary contraction? Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Fantastic. And obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you know that you have contractions when you're going into labour, having mm. having your baby. All right. So I've got some questions here. It says, When your water breaks,
1: do your contractions start immediately? No. And I Mm. think the movies have got a lot to be ashamed of because the movies tend to um, show women who are coming into labour either their water's breaking or then just Instantly going into labour. I love that because they're, they're you know out and about and
0: then the waters break and next minute they're in a cab kind of screaming <laughs> down Highway 55. I no, okay, got it that. just doesn't
1: work like that. Uh-huh. So you can your waters can break and you mightn't come into labour. Your waters might break and you then start labour. You might be in labour and your waters break and it, it you know speeds up your, uh, your labour, or you. Um, or the doctor or the midwife might actually break the waters. So what the textbook says is that a woman labours, she becomes fully dilated, the cervix becomes fully dilated, and the membranes or the waters classically rupture. But that's in the textbook. So there's everything around... A whole bunch of... Absolutely. So... So the answer is yes and no. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So contractions, textbook, usually happen before your waters break. They can, and that's why you and know teaching, complex. yeah, teaching um, and talking about birth is quite complex because there's so many variables. Mm. So you could have ruptured membranes or your waters breaking at twenty five weeks, say. Mm. Um, and you may then come into labor mm. you may have your waters break they may break at 30 weeks um, and you not come into into labor mm. the thing with your waters breaking is because it is that the thing about your waters breaking is that when they break they've sort of opened up that protected area of um, sort of sterility or mm. the baby's in a in a nice sterile environment and there's a risk of ascending infection to both mother and baby. So that's why you need to be seen if your waters have broken, broken. or even if you might think they have. Yeah, right. Because right. Some, some women have like what we call a gush of fluid yeah. and it really, the, the word gush is just the best thing because it really gushes out. Yeah. That's usually when the waters are at the front of the baby's head and mm. sometimes you can actually hear the pop or feel mm, the pop. No. Yeah. And, in fact, sometimes, well, because the pressure inside the am- amniotic sac is so tight, oh, you... that's why you feel the pop. Uh. And let me tell you a very interesting story. It must have been 30 years ago. I was the, with a woman in labour in the shower, as you do, and her husband was there too had to rush out and get something. On the way back down the corridor, I heard it sounded like the crack of a whip. And do you know what it was? Her waters had broken in the shower. There was so much pressure from that water breaking, hitting the shower floor. It, it just was a whip. I, it was amazing. That's incredible. It, it, incredible. That's yeah. incredible. So,
0: okay, well, well that's great. That, that's fantastic. I think that means, I mean, there's a whole bunch of, what
1: you've said is that there's a whole bunch of... Answers. Well, there's a lot of things with it, like yeah. what time did it happen? What colour is it? Um, you know, it, the, the baby's movements, how many weeks you have, what what position the baby's in. There's so many things associated
0: with it. So, I mean, it probably just reiterates why it's so important to have a great relationship with your midwife and yep. with your doctor um, yep. and feel confident that they'll, they'll be able to guide you.
1: Next question, how long do contractions last for? Again, <laughs> depends. <laughs> so it depends what stage of labour um, you're in. So obviously the first stage of labour is when, is the contractions stage really. So they may start every hour. Mm. They then... Um, How long do they, they, just, they last for five minutes, one minute? Well, 20? it depends. It mm. really depends. But what happens with labour, the best way to describe it is that it's progressive. Mm. So the, once you start in labour... The, lab, the the contractions get stronger, they get longer, they get closer together and they hurt more. So as the cervix is opening, mm. these contractions get longer and closer together. So they may start, you might have one every 30 minutes for, you know, 20 seconds. Mm. But by the time you're ready to give birth, you might be having them Every three minutes for 60 seconds. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So so the progressive thing is is something to remember because everything else isn't labor, but labor is progressive. They get stronger, they get longer, they get closer together. And I hate to remind everyone, they hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If nothing you can't overcome though. Um here's one, Kath, which is what apps can
1: you recommend to monitor contractions? Look, something I've never really looked at are, are apps for or labour, I'm sure they're there. Yeah. Um, you know, you can write it on your phone in in the notes, or just write it on a piece of paper and um, pen and paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a pen and paper. Yeah, girl. I am. But so, but in the notes of your um of your phone is just as good. Yeah, yeah. So, and what are we looking at? How do you how do you measure your contraction? So you measure the contraction from the beginning of one contraction to mm. the beginning of the next. So if you have a contraction at ten o'clock and you have the next. Contraction at ten fifteen. They're fifteen minutes apart. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then you can then you time how long they last for. Oh, okay. Right. So they might last every fifteen minutes. They they might come every fifteen minutes and last for thirty seconds. Yeah. 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 And then then they become closer together, longer, and a little bit longer. That's
0: right. Okay. It might hurt, hurt more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about it. It hurts.
0: <laughs> um. All right. And. Oh, I love this one. What can the husband um, or partner do to help with contractions?
1: Do you know what? I think there's a lot of pressure on partners. And right all through my uh, career, I've really made a point of saying to to the partner, it's okay, this is your birth too, as in you're, you're witnessing your birth too. You don't need to be, you know, in charge. And what I do is I say, how about getting a glass of water or offering a sip of water or lemonade in between contractions. How about a cold face washer on her face in between contractions? Maybe don't touch your wife, or, sorry, don't touch your partner during a contraction, just things like that. So my, my sort of advice to, to new um, partners is to depend on the midwives because that's our job. And midwifery is about being with women and we know women and their bodies so well in labour. It's really easy to then help the Ta- partner or support person to know cares. what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about um?
0: Do do do, do wives or partner? You know, the, the mothers in labour. Do they? Are they,
1: they? usually give direction to their partners. Oh, seriously, big direction if they don't want it to happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's, it's for example, say if. You know, some women don't want anyone to talk during contraction. It's something I feel very strong about, and that is to have a very quiet and um, respected um, space. space. So Mm. you you don't ask someone during contraction, like, how painful is it? (laughs) you don't. <laughs> no, and um would you like a coffee? Um, so it's about helping them through and saying you're doing. be yeah. very calm and saying you're doing a great job. It's you're tricky, it. you know. I oh, mean, yeah.
0: it would be really tricky being that other person in the room. Yeah. And, and I
1: love the fact.
0: I think it's really nice that you just said this is their birth as well. yeah, it is. Um, but yeah. just you know just take cues just,
1: yeah. Uh, and I think also that you know, especially if women haven't had any uh, drugs during uh, medication during labor, I mean, we're very noisy because it's, it's primitive. Yeah. And there's been more than once I've had a woman scream like full bore mm. into my ear. Mm. And it's like, I can't complain about the pain because I know she's in more pain than me. <laughs> yeah. But that actually frightens some um, partners because they, f- they think because of that oh, noise, so that there, there's something wrong. Yeah. Something, something's going wrong. Whereas we're used to that. Because it hurts and mm. the response is through the breathing of a contraction is, you know, we we become verbal and, um, you know, we scream or you know, some women swear, some women just like
0: that's Breathe the way it. they
1: get through it. Yeah. That's really
0: interesting then I suppose um, is that, you know, as, as the other partner in, in a support role, you need to be as well read and, and prepared for all the circumstances, so you don't you don't worry in terms of
1: well well I think I think the hardest thing, Brooke, is that you can't be prepared. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so hard to say you're actually going to be you know making a lot of noise and you're going to say don't touch me, you know. And I mean, it, some partners take that personally because they <laughs> think oh, but when we spoke about it during pregnancy, you wanted. You wanted me to hum Enya, you know. <laughs> but During labour, that's a different thing. Humming Enya is like <laughs> stop it now, you know. And See, it's yeah. So you can't prepare. We all and we've talked many times about um, fantasy and reality. Yeah, and the way we think we're going to labour, like me, I was, I was walking with the long white um, gown. Um, the the way we think we're going to labour and what actually happens, happens are two different things especially if it's your first
0: baby. If you haven't listened to that episode, um, have a look at reality versus fantasy. Um, You'll find it on the episode list. Um, It's really interesting what Mm. you've had to say about that in terms of the impacts of when the fantasy isn't your reality and then the guilt that gets passed on. But we will keep on to the topic of contractions. So this is a really interesting one. This came in from a first-time mum and she Mm. asked, um, obviously never having been in labour, When do you know to go to the hospital? Um, I have heard about scenarios of people being sent
1: home. So when do I know? So the way I've always always spoken to women is um, have a conversation with them on the phone. Never speak to the partner, like as in if someone rings the labour ward, you need to speak to the woman in labour because you can actually hear how she is going? Because yeah. if she says, "Oh yeah, having a contraction now," it's really killing me. It's so sore, and or going, hang on a minute, I have to put the phone down, and then you hear her breathing. You think, okay, I can hear she's what sort of la- labour she's in. Mm. So, I don't give how many minutes apart are uh, contractions. I do how are you feeling, mm. and there's so many variables. Like where do you live? Is it close to the hospital? Um what's the traffic like mm. um uh have you had anything or have you' got children have you got someone to babysit your child- like there's so many variables other than should you go into hospital if you go into hospital and um and you're checked and everything is fine and you're not um you're not in labor you may be sent home and that's good. That's fine. You know, it's good. You're yeah. safe to go, but home. no one's going to send you home. A, if you're in labour. Mm. B, if you're at risk of something. Or you know, some women come in and they t- they just need to get their labour started. Mm. So it's it's done on a very much a case to case basis basis. Mm. And also, um, the doctor or midwife will examine and see how things are going. Um, so, I mean, women will talk and say, oh, "I was sent home," but you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So um, interesting that you said that because I've got
0: another couple of questions that are around contractions and when is the best time to go to hospital. So one of them is I laboured at, at home until I was seven to eight centimetres and then went off to a hospital with two minute apart contractions. Wow. Uh, how far along is it best to go to the hospital? So yeah, trying to get an
1: idea. So two minutes apart? No, too close. Too and close. and also you, you have to... The things where, you know, so many answers to it. If it's your first baby, that's different. If it's your second or subsequent baby, you need to get moving. What is hard is that we all labour in a different way for every pregnancy. So it's not how you laboured the first time when you're having your second baby or third baby. It's not how your girlfriends labour and it's definitely not how your mother laboured. It's about this unique connection between this baby and your body for this pregnancy. It's a real conundrum, isn't it? Because I suppose
0: in most aspects of our lives, you know, we... We have rules. Well, we have rules. And that's right. I ask a question, I get an answer. How does this work? And and you're just saying you've got to, I suppose, have a connection with your midwife, with your GP, with your um, gynecologist and obstetrician. Like those relationships are really, really important and they'll they'll guide you. And as
1: you said, um, make a phone call. Well, it's so important to talk to the hospital, yeah. because when there's a labour ward or delivery switch in the hospital, there's always midwives there. Mm. And as, as I said before, we are trained to problem solve and we problem solve by asking questions and we know the answers. Mm. So if we don't get the answer that we want, we can dig a bit more. So if you are, you know, 20 minutes away and it's first thing in the morning and you're starting to have a few contractions and your second baby come in. You know, because there's a very high chance and there and there is. Um, the women who have the babies in the car or on the side of the um of the road and the ambulance deliver it, it's because it's usually their second or subsequent baby because the first labor is often longer mm-hmm. and it takes a while to get into labor. When they start laboring for their second baby. I think I oh, think and, oh. It's gonna be ages. Time. But you know what? Our body's got a memory and click. Go this shears. it's on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it sounds all it sounds all very, as you said, very unique.
0: All right, here's a curly one. Do you still get contractions before a C section?
1: Well, um, dep- <laughs> depends. I know. I also Is another there a t- brand t- called Depends? I know we should there definitely is definitely doing Depends. You know what it is. You know what Depends are. No. They're like pads for older people who like nappies. Well, we're all going to end up using them. Depends if you're out there, Sending. Go on. Um, So um, if you're having an elective cesarean section, which means that um, the doctor has um, booked uh, a C-section Monday week because you're either, you know, baby's breech or the baby, you've got twins or the placenta previa or other. That's not just for all of those reasons but other reasons. So you know that Monday week you're going to have that That baby delivered. If you come into labour before that date, Mm. you'll need to have what's called an emergency cesarean section because you've actually started to labour. So that's an elective cesarean section. Um, Emergency cesarean section is when you've started labouring and you've laboured, you keep labouring, you're progressing and it gets to point X Mm. and X is either the baby's distressed or the mother's distressed, there's some medical condition, something's happening that A, the baby is not going to fit through B, the pelvis. So you have an emergency cesarean section. So the answer is, um, if you're going to an elective cesarean section and you have no contractions beforehand, no, they may never feel a contraction. Yep. But if you start labouring before that day, yes, you can. If you're in labour, True labour and the baby gets distressed or the mother gets unwell, then you've experienced them yeah. as well. All right, I'm
0: going to change tact ever so slightly here, Kath, because um, I have a number of questions around Braxton Hicks. Mm. What is Braxton Hicks, Kath?
1: Well, good old Dr. Braxton Hicks. Was oh, it, it real. a person, real yeah. doctor. So late 1800s. Great name, Braxton. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've actually really not. Nice. I think there's been a baby I've delivered called Braxton, pretty sure. Great right name, yeah. So Braxton Hicks, Dr. Braxton Hicks was an obstetrician in the late 1800s, and obviously wanted something named after him. Fair so he he worked out um, that women were the uterus was contracting during uh, pregnancy, but it wasn't labour. So every time we um, say train for something like you know the marathons we've done together, Brooke. Oh. <laughs> So many I can hardly so know. Many. So all those marathons we've done, you train your muscles to, to muscle memory. for the big day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Braxton Hicks contractions are what we call the the practice contractions, and they are, um, they're uncomfortable. Mm. Labor is the real thing, and they are painful. Mm. The also the the one of the most sort of interesting things about Braxton Hicks contractions is that the cervix doesn't change or start to dilate. In labour, your cervix starts to change. So that's the big difference. Even though your uterus is doing the same contraction movement, um, in uh, labour, we've got oxytocin going through your body mm. and that actually puts pressure on the cervix and the cervix starts to open, open. The but ba- the baby has pressure. So on it's it. an
0: involuntary. Oh, I suppose. Sorry, contractions are involuntary, but it's a. It's just your body
1: preparing you. Is that a good w- way is, to understand? It is. It is, and um, we all have them. Not everyone thinks they have them. So the way I describe it, the way I had them was it's like really deep pressure right down in your groin. Well, and they just go to- and. Yeah, to
0: that point I'll get I'll get in this next question. Sometimes my tummy feels really
1: hard. Yeah. Is that Braxton Hicks that I'm, is I'm exactly. 20 weeks in? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So they really start around 20 weeks. Ah. Um and um not not very many people would feel them at 20 weeks. You feel them more if you're having your second baby because you you sort of you understand your body a little bit better. Um but there's there's a lot of pressure. So it can happen when you're walking. It can happen in the shower. It can happen after sex, very mm. commonly. It can also happen just while you're sitting there. The thing with Braxton Hicks is they are the same. They're just the same and they go nowhere. Whereas, as I've said a few times, labour is progressive. Mm. So the cervix starts to open. So you can tell the difference because they become shorter, longer. Longer, but, but Stronger. Closer. Shorter, yeah, closer, closer together. together and hurt more, whereas this. Braxton Hicks are just the same. Some women also feel um, that they think the baby's moved and, that, and their tummy has tightened. And a lot of people have sort of, you know, they've said they're in false labour. It's not false labour. Braxton Hicks are a very healthy part of pregnancy. Well, then to that point, the next question
0: I'm at 31 weeks and I've never had Braxton Hicks. Is that of a concern?
1: No, it's not a concern. And you probably find when you get to 36, 37 weeks, you're going to feel them more, A, because the uterus, oh, the, there's not as much room for the baby to move and your uterus is bigger and you feel it in a different way. It's all about the pressure feeling and they, they may stay for an hour, they may stay for... a Day on and off, and or some may just have one or two. It doesn't matter, but they happen. They They definitely happen, and it's just really how how you feel them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's um. So I was just going to go in and ask. There's two other questions around Braxton Hicks, which is where. Um, and one of the questions is, um, are Braxton Braxton Hicks, are Braxton Hicks low in the pelvis or
1: higher up over the abdomen? Or low. All low. Very deep down low. And the next one But is, the uterus, sorry, no. the uterus itself, because it's high in the abdomen, you can actually feel it's going hard, but the pressure you feel is really down deep in your groin, mm. even though the uterus is very hard. And what's interesting about the, the contraction, if we think about labour, is that if, as a midwife, I put my hand on someone's... Um, top of their uterus, just holding there, I can actually feel that she's having a contraction about 20 seconds before she feels it, actually feels the pain. Because the the, the uterus starts to contract from the top mm. and then it goes down and then they get the pain. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Because sometimes you say, okay, contraction's coming. They go, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of
0: your voodoo there.
1: Um, and- so
0: to that point, you said lower in the in the in the in the pelvis. pelvis yeah. Um, hi, Cath. I get sharp, bad pains that feel like the explanation of Braxton Hicks in my back. Can they be in your back? Yes, I, they can. I can't think
1: of what else it could be. Yes, they can. So, so a lot of a lot of, there's a lot of different pains in and and discomforts in labour. So, you you have to actually separate between what is uncomfortable and what is pain. It's very difficult because even with Braxton Hicks contractions, they can be very uncomfortable. And um, I can understand when people think it is labour, but labour is is real pain Mm. and it intensifies. So women, again, it depends about the position of the baby and some women just labour with back pain. Um, They don't have that front pain. Some women have both. Lucky, not. um, But some have um, the uh, back pain. So Mm. back pain, can it be Braxton Hicks? If it's rhythmic and it goes away, yes, but it also can be labour. So it's... Can you see how many answers there are to one question, Brooke? What what we were saying before, I said there's, we can talk forever about Mm. labour and pregnancy and labour because so much happens. Yeah. And we we all experience it in a different
0: way. I suppose it really puts into perspective too why, you know, if you're a new mum, why it's just, you know, it's like the the unknown frontier, but why it's also, um, I suppose, It's a
1: secret club.
0: Yeah, because... It's the, a club. It's a club. It's a you, club. You just can't get a straight answer. No. Because
1: there isn't one, like you said. But also when, once you've had a baby, you can sort of do the bit of the wink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got your girlfriend. <sighs> I I know what you felt. Before that, you know, when people say, oh, I'm going to sing and I'm going to, I want to dance, you know, all that sort yeah. of, the, the fantasy. Yeah. You sort of think, oh, sweetheart, you know, it's okay. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. But it's different to what we think and there's there's such it's so important to have a good midwife with you. And um doctor, it can make all the difference. Having a great relationship
0: with your with your oh, uh, yeah. obstetrician. Oh yeah,
1: but, but the midwife in labor, mm. you know, we're so important because you know, the way we can predict and support and care and love and sort of put Emotional arms around the woman in labour because it's quite scary when it's happening for the first time. Yeah, oh, I suppose any time.
0: Pick the partner off the floor is that also part of it. Done your that remit? before? <laughs> Just lay them down. That's it. They Be won't go anywhere. Be comfortable, <laughs> Kath. Um, thank you for uh, contractions Q and A with Kath. Mm. That was good.
1: Is there anything that we actually need to add? Um, for listeners, anything that I've missed? Well, I think the only thing that I would say is that often if you're coming into spontaneous labour, it starts with period pain. And, Brooke, do you realise there are some women in the world who have never had a period pain? Mm. Yeah. Can't believe Yeah. I always go, what? Never had one. Never. But so a period pain can be, you know, they don't know what that is. So it's sort of that gripey bowel sort of type feeling. Yeah. Yeah. so labour often starts like that and that's what intensifies as the cervix dilates. It's so interesting, yeah. Kath. It's really interesting. I suppose
0: the takeout is um, there's all these fabulous things to learn. I hope, I hope it's um, answered some of your questions. But like you said, really important to have a great relationship with your um, obstetrician-gynecologist, um, with your midwife. And um... and
1: if you're looking for information, there's one thing that I really um, promote is Have a look on the like the major hospitals in your in your town, like their website, rather than Googling a question because you're going to be sent to, you know, Mary Lou from Minnesota. You (laughs) actually need, you know, so like the Royal Women's Hospital here in Melbourne. Great. You know, they're going to give you excellent information. Up to date evidence of what is happening. The same with the Royal Children's Hospital. If you're worried about your child, they've got millions of fact sheets about everything that can happen to babies. So go, rather than Google and girlfriends, go to somewhere that you're really going to get a good answer. Go to a source of credibility.
0: Mm. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kath. Thanks, Brooke, have you learned something? Oh, I always learn I something. I know. I always <laughs> learn something. How <Thank> could <laughs> you <laughs> This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and
1: music by Matt Nicolich.